The MLB season has certainly gone off to a strange start. With COVID outbreaks, weird suspensions, and it already being August, it's safe to say this season's one for the books. We here at Thick Man Inc. are going to break down a few of the teams who are off to hard starts, the Astros being the Astros, and a few major disappointments. So starting off, the Colorado Rockies are the best team in baseball right now. Their hitting core is amazing, led by Charlie Blackman, a man who is hitting baseballs as if they have said something about his mother. Blackman is batting an otherworldly 500 at the plate with a 1250 OPS. Blackman, if he stays on this pace, he's going to be the MVP. He's going to shatter records, and they will have asterisks next to them because of the 60-game season. But this is an amazing stretch of baseball, one of the best I've ever seen. The man directly in front of him in the batting order, Trevor Story, isn't too much of a slouch either. While Story isn't batting otherworldly numbers like uh, Blackman, he gets on base a lot, and he finds himself standing on first, and then a few seconds later, he's standing on home play, running across to the dugout, because of either Blackman's bat or his otherworldly speed. He already has four stolen bases. Pair their hitting core with the Rockies' dominant pitching in Jermaine Marquez and Antonio Zinzatella, and the Rockies are set to dominate the regular the pronunciation. season and make a playoff run. I'm proud of you, Isaiah. You pr- that was impeccable pronunciation. I'm built different. <laughs> and as far as the Rockies being the best team in MLB, I disagree with that. I think the Yankees are, but I think their success will be sustainable throughout the playoffs. Charlie Blackman, as they said, otherworldly. Trevor Story, six home runs, tied for fifth in the MLB. And Nolan Arenado and Matt Kemp, they haven't even really gotten going yet. And they still have the highest, their team collectively has the highest batting average in the MLB. Marquez, one of the best pitchers in the MLB so far. And they've beaten good teams. They've beaten the A's. They've taken down the Padres. So in the very few games we've seen so far, they've beaten good teams, and it's not like they're just beating up on the The dredges of the MLB. Another thing worth mentioning, the Rockies historically have a great home field advantage. They've got a better record on the road this year at 6-2 as opposed to 6-1 at home. This team is going to make some noise come playoff time. But you said you don't think the Rockies are the best team in baseball. So Tristan, explain to the class why you're wrong. The Yankees. The Yankees are poised to make a championship run. We talked about Charlie Blackman's historic batting start, but there's also Aaron Judge. And there's also DJ LeMahieu. Aaron Judge, if this was a typical 162-game season, would be on an 85-home run pace as of right now. DJ LeMahieu batting 400, not quite. Charlie Blackman almost 500, but still very good. Garrett Cole has been lights out. They have the best bullpen in the MLB. Now, I know their starters aren't the greatest, but when they add Chapman back to the bullpen, no one else's bullpen compares to theirs. So once the postseason comes, all their ducks will be in a row, and the Yankees will be adding the 28th ring to their display case. Well, they won't be adding the 28th ring. You said Judge is on pace for 85 home runs. This is going to sound crazy, but given the nature of Yankee Stadium and Charlie Blackman's average, I say Charlie Blackman is having a far more impressive season so far. His OPS is way higher. The Yankees pitching, very good. Might not stay healthy. Same with the Yankees batting. The Yankees have struggled with injuries these past few years, and come playoff time, they're always missing one or two pieces. And while the shorter season may help with that some, having one or two guys get overworked, tweak something, tear something, and miss a playoff series will definitely come back to bite this team. I feel like the Rockies, if Blackman's good and Story's good, they're good. 
The Yankees, they need everything going for them to win. I mean, going back to your initial thoughts a few weeks ago about the 60-game season, players aren't going to really be getting hurt because they only have to play 60 games. It's so much less than 162 games. Doesn't matter, even if the games are played in quicker succession. Is that why half the Yankees' rotation was hurt? Not the rotation. The Yankee stars were hurt by all-star break last year, and Luke Voigt was having to take meaningful appearances at the plate. The Yankees I'm get just, hurt early. The Yankees get hurt often. I'm just reiterating your opinion on the 60 when Aaron Judge, because he's six foot seven, hits his head on a door frame and misses a month, you're going to come back to this video and you're going to be weeping. But enough hey, talking don't, about don't, a tra- big don't trash Luke Voigt. He's got five home runs. Hey, good for Luke Voigt. Bad 261. I mean, it doesn't matter what you bat if you can hit the baseball. But going on to a team which is underappreciated, a team from a small market, a team that does not have the benefit of playing a mile up in the sky, you have the Oakland Athletics. And the Oakland Athletics have no weaknesses. Sure, they've got a very mediocre at the worst batting order. And they don't have any world beaters. They don't have someone doing crazy things with a bat like Judge and Blackman. Matt Chapman's doing good. Charlie Grossman's doing good. But everyone in their order is hitting at or above, it feels like, a replacement level. They're playing very solid baseball. They're getting on base and they're keeping it rolling. Then you have their bullpen. They don't have a true ace. Frankie Montas is a good player and looks very fresh coming off his 80-game suspension. But I wouldn't call him a true ace. They're just really deep. They got the snitch Mike Fires. They got someone who I believe will be the best pitcher in baseball in a few years in Jesus Lazaro. They've got Chris Bassett doing work. All this comes down to the fact that they can play with anyone in a seven game series because you're going to see consistency games one through seven. You can't beat this team in four games and move on to the next one. You're not going to be able to get lucky like that. This team will take you the distance. I completely disagree with their success being sustainable. None of their hitters are that good. You said they're hitting above replacement level, but their collective batting average is 26th in the MLB right now. That is really bad. What's their OPS All they look have, like? Their OPS is 22nd in the league, and their on-base percentage is 10th in the league. There we go. That was the one I was looking for. So, but I, I don't think their offense is going to be able to sustain this. Matt, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman are where a lot of the runs are coming from, and Matt Olson is only batting 150. Chris Davis isn't getting his bat going. He still is struggling to return to his 48 home run form from two years ago and even when he's at his best he doesn't hit for average I do agree with you that their pitching is phenomenal and is the strength of their team Frankie Montas is electric with a 1.57 ERA 22 strikeouts only having a pitching rotation when it comes down to playing teams like the Yankees or other elite offenses like the Rockies I don't think they're going to be able to hang with them through a seven game series well, you realize that they'll be facing the Yankees if they run into them in the uh, AL Championship Series and the Rockies in the World Series. So those are the two toughest like matchups for them, and they're probably not going to run into them because the Yankees always choke in the divisional round. I mean, you can think that all you want, but you're going to be wrong. I mean, if they have to play Houston at some point, that's, you know. The trash cans will be if, live. <laughs> if Houston ever gets their bats going, Jose Altuve is batting 100-something. Speaking of the Astros. Ooh, that transition's Astros... nice. That transition's nice. <laughs> Speaking of the Astros, they never cease to amaze me with the events that come from their organization. The biggest takeaway for me is the fact when it doesn't matter, when it's a hitting coach instigating it, they suspend him for 20 games. They don't suspend the players when the whole filming comes out, when batting the trash cans come out, because that will actually affect their team, affect the product they're going to be putting out in the field. Granted, they aren't hitting well this year. Maybe they need a new hitting coach anyway. But I completely support 
Alex Centrone getting suspended 20 games. He instigated, talked bad about, how do you say his name, Isaiah? How do you say his name, Tristan? You say it, Ramon Lariano. Talked bad about his mom. How are you going to talk bad about someone's mom when you know he's going to react negatively? He's barely seen her in the last 10 years when he left the Dominican Republic to come to the United States to play high school baseball and live out his dream. And you're talking about his mom. You know that's going to get him pissed off. The Astros are a joke of an organization. Isaiah, what were your thoughts? Thoughts on Ramon Lariano and Cintron getting at each other. Well, the coaches have to be the adults in this situation. The players are always going to scrap if given the opportunity, and that's just how it is. It's kind of like how the adults have to be in charge of the Astros dugout. Players are always going to be looking to take advantage of situations that how the whole cheating situation arose. Managers and coaches have to be in charge and have to put their foot down and say, hey, we're not doing this. We're better than this as an organization. Yet again, the Astros have failed to do that. There are no repercussions in that organization. Dusty Baker was not in this game. It was not in this altercation because he had previously been ejected for going after players. That organization is falling apart and it needs to change and needs to change soon or the Astros are going to be hated by everyone and going to get anyone who goes there to play seriously hurt with all the baseballs lobbed at their head. They're, I mean, they're already, they're already, everyone already hates them, Isaiah. Everybody already hates them, but at least they're not allowed to fight them this season. That is what's holding them back. Hefty suspensions, fear of COVID, that is what's stopping fights every other game, it feels like. Next season, it's going to be open season on Astros. Anyone who is there, anyone who recently arrived, it won't matter. There are going to be pitches thrown into the dugout at coaches. And the biggest disappointment about this season is that there's no fans holding up signs absolutely trashing the Astros every time they step up to the plate and every time they're getting booed. I think they, what the MLB should do is have live fans like the NBA does and have them booing the Astros every time they come to the plate because we know the Astros don't have any fans at this point outside the people that live in Houston. The Astros have plenty of fans. People like winners even if they're cheating to win. But the whole digital fan thing doesn't really work because you can't put a giant jumbotron screen around the entire uh, baseball You just a jumbotron of people booing. I'm sure the teams, when they're at home against the Astros, can set that up. They'll be able to figure something out. I'm sure the Astros will love that. But the Astros have been very disappointing this season, but they have not been the biggest disappointment this season. There are two teams which hurt me so much to watch sometimes. One of them is the Los Angeles Angels, the Angels of former Anaheim, a team which is yet again sub-500 while having the best player in baseball. Mike Trout is performing like Mike Trout, but Anthony Rendon is batting 174, and with the exception of Dylan Bundy, their pitching core looks as terrible as it always does. This feels like it's going to be yet another year of Mike Trout's prime wasted on a garbage team, and I can only feel so bad for him because he signed the contract to keep him there for the next 10 years. But come Mike on. Mike Trout and the Seven Dwarves. It really is. I thought Rendon was going to be able to help him. That hasn't been the case. Shohei Otani hasn't really been doing much to help him either. Isn't he not pitching anymore? Uh, he's taking some time off from pitching to rehab from Tommy John, I believe. But he's still hitting, right? He's still hitting. Yeah, he's their DH. But another disappointment is the Atlanta Braves. Specifically, their pitching core. The Braves lost Mike Soroka, the man who was performing like a Cy Young frontrunner for the first three games of the season, to a knee injury. He's gone. There's no more ace in the Atlanta bullpen. They've also designated Sean Newcomb and Mike Fulnutskik. For the love of God, I can't say that name. We'll flash it up on the screen, see if you can say it in the comments below. They've opened designated for assignment for how terrible they are. Designated for assignment for those of you who don't know basically means they get 10 days for a team to trade for them. If they're not traded, they're cut. 
But unless something changes, unless there's a trade, their pitching core is going to be awful yet again and going to spell doom for the Braves come playoff time. But that has been our show. Let us know what you think down in the comments section below. Tell us how organized and well-executed this video was, and we'll like your comments. And be sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe. We're on the grind to 50 subscribers. Six away. And check out our last skit on Rob Manfred. I'm sure you'll enjoy it.